Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. We, we still got a long way to go. I think Kentucky's an excellent football team. I think we came on the road and got a in a very tough environment, came and got a big time win. Uh, and I think we, when dealing with adversity, we found ways to win. You know, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of tough games you know I mean we seems like we've been in season five weeks we've played one game in the swamp you know and we've, we've been in tougher and tough environments against good football teams and we found ways to win that was UF coach Dan Mullen discussing the Gators 29 to 21 win over Kentucky on Saturday in Lexington what's up Florida fans welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators and hope you've been able to catch your breath after a crazy SEC opener for Florida just a night full of emotions for Gator Nation Starting quarterback Felipe Franks goes down with an ankle injury. He's out for the year. But backup QB Kyle Trask finds a way to come into the game and rally the Gators with a 19-point fourth quarter. And Florida avoids losing to Kentucky in back-to-back years for the first time since 1977. On today's show, we will review our five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, we will grade the Gators and their performance over UK. And in the third segment, we'll bring you some post-game comments from Florida coach Dan Mullen. But let's kick this things off by reviewing our five keys to the game. And the first one was the Gators having a strong start, taking their first offensive drive and be able to march the ball right down the field and score. But that did not happen on Saturday. The Gators got the ball first. Franks completed first down passes on second down to Trevon Grimes and Kyle Pitts. But after the Gators got into UK territory, Franks ended up scrambling on a passing play, tries to loft a deep ball down the sideline, and it ends up getting picked off. And what was worse is that Franks had Pitts coming open as he was scrambling to the sideline. He just wasn't able to see him. And Florida turns the ball over on their opening drive. But fortunately for the Gators, Kentucky did the same thing. On their first position, they start driving the ball. And Sawyer Smith puts it on the ground. Brad Stewart recovers it. And the Gators get it right back and are able to go down and score on that drive. So definitely not the strong start that the Gators were looking for, but they still found a way to get out of it with the seven-point lead in the first quarter. Our second key to the game was winning the rushing battle. Florida was also not able to do that. UK ends up with 140 yards on the ground to Florida's 138. And if you just look at the final stats and didn't watch the game or look at the box score, you might think that the rushing battle was pretty even. Well, it was not. The Gators were able to get up just two yards shy of Kentucky's total because of Hammond's 76-yard touchdown run on Florida's final possession. Now the Gators get credit for that, obviously. It goes into their rushing total, but that's a wide receiver making the play in the run game. Before that, Florida had 26 carries on the ground and just 62 yards. They were not able to run the ball whatsoever. LaMichael Pirine had 14 carries for 27 yards. So the Gators didn't do well in this category either. Now in his post-game comments, Florida coach Dan Mullen basically said that Kentucky was daring the Gators to throw the ball, and that's what they did. But this is another week in which Florida's running backs are not able to get the type of production they need against a formidable defense, first Miami and now Kentucky. So that's a bit of a concern still, although it helps when you got guys like Hammond who can make plays for you as well. And that was our third key to the game. Who is going to step up for Kadarius Tony and C.J. Henderson? 
There was a lot of talk, obviously, last week about Jacob Copeland. Dan Mullen and the players discussed him throughout the week. I also talked about him on Locked On Gators. But I also caution you guys to just pump the brakes a little bit on that Tony role going exclusively to Copeland. Because I thought that was going to be a lot to put on his plate right away, number one. But more importantly, you have two other guys that are starting in the slot and Freddie Swain and Josh Hammond. And I told you guys, don't forget about them because Dan Mullen sure didn't. Freddie Swain gets the Gators' first touchdown. He finishes with four catches for 57 yards. A big night for him, as well as Josh Hammond. He had the big 76-yard run. He also caught a critical 14-yard reception during one of Florida's scoring drives. So between Swain with his catches and Hammond with his touchdown run, the Gators were able to get production from that Tony position. Now, Copeland did play in the game against Kentucky. He just didn't record any stats. On the defensive side, you ended up having trading the third, move over from his nickel spot, and get the start at corner. But you did see some action from true freshman Kyer Elam. He played throughout the game and was in there on that final series and comes down with the pick on the last play. That's two games in a row for him with an interception. Our fourth key to the game was the Gators sacking Sawyer Smith. And this was another area that Florida did not do well in. Just one sack in the game. Jonathan Greener brought him down in the first half and forced a fumble on the play. Smith was able to recover, but that was it. That was the only time that the Gators were able to bring him down. There were some pressures in the game. You saw Moon pressure him once. TJ Slayton also had a quarterback hurry. Before Florida just not able to affect the quarterback the way that they did against Miami and UT Martin, you credit Kentucky offensive coordinator Eddie Grand for putting together a game plan so that his new QB wouldn't be under duress, would get the ball out quick. So you do give the Wildcats some credit for that. Now, Florida still found plenty of ways to frustrate Smith and make this game tough on him, especially in the second half. But look, you're not going to get four or five sacks every time you go out there. And what you're also not going to get every time you go out there is two interceptions. But Sean Davis, for our fifth key of the game, was able to do that with his start at safety. We wanted to know who the Gators would go with at that position after some moving pieces the first couple weeks. It ends up being Donovan Steiner and Sean Davis over Jawan Taylor, who was coming back from injury, and Brad Stewart, who was coming off of suspension. You still saw all those guys in the game, even Brad Stewart right there on the first series. He comes in and got that turnover. But the Gators went with Davis and Steiner in a huge game for number 31. He finishes with four tackles, two interceptions. That first one, he almost took back to the house. And Davis was just all over the field making plays. I know he finished with four tackles, but I saw him in on so many potential others. He was flying to the ball. I really like his instincts. More often than not, he seems to be in the right position, and he's just a headhunter. I love the aggressiveness that he plays with. I think you're going to see him continue to start at safety because he's doing well with the opportunity. Here's what Florida coach Damon had to say about what he saw in the game and some of the things that frustrated him. I thought we needed to do a better job of getting a couple mistakes getting off the field, especially like, you know, I was annoyed with the third and 21. I was annoyed with that one. But, I mean, we need to get off the field a little bit better on third down I was frustrated with. And then we needed to stop killing ourselves with stupid penalties or in a missed assignment with that killed drives. You know, so we end up with like a negative, you know, you get not we're, we're driving in a penalty or driving in a missed assignment with the sack and or the sack turnover. We're going to, you know, we got guys wide open. It might be, you know, a quick strike to, to score offensive. I thought we could have scored more offensively, missed the field goal. Uh, so that was frustrating, but it, but it wasn't one to me where I thought – that we weren't, we didn't have the right mindset. You know what I mean? I thought last week I, I didn't like our mindset as much. This week I didn't think it was the wrong mindset. It was just we were making simple mistakes. And the key for me was if we don't, if we believe we're going to win the game, right? It's it, their chance because we've made some mistakes. It's going to come down to the wire. And what we need to do is continually believe we're going to win the game.
When we come back from this first break, we're going to take out our report card and start grading the Gators in their 29-21 to performance over Kentucky. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Everyone loves the comfort of their own home, but there's nothing like going to a game and being a fan in the stands. And whether you're looking for seats on the 50-yard line or front-row tickets to see your favorite band in person, Vivid Seats is here to help you. Vivid Seats is the top source for purchasing event tickets in the online marketplace. You can search for seats by section, row, and price, all in the Vivid Seats app. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, allows you to purchase tickets to any concert, game, or show and earn credit towards your next live event. Visit the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Do that and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From sporting events to theater shows, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the Vivid Seats app and become part of their loyalty program today. All right, welcome back into the show. It's time to grade the Gators, and we start with the quarterback position. A 300-yard performance from Franks and Trask. They combined for 21 of 30 for 300 yards, one touchdown, and the one interception from Franks on the opening drive. We'll give this performance a B plus. Obviously, that pick knocks it down. But this is the first time since 2014 that the Gators have had consecutive games of 300 yards passing. And as Mullen said postgame, UK was trying to take away the run. So it was crucial for Franks and Trash to be able to hit their plays in the passing game. And they did. Franks also scrambled a lot in the first three quarters. And he did have a couple nice runs. But the fourth down attempt where he got injured, that was a really tough play. I'm sure he wishes he would have got rid of the ball. And you saw Mullen say that on the headset during the TV broadcast. And at that point, he goes down, and you don't know what's going to happen, but Kyle Trask comes into the game, cool, calm, and collected. He completes the pass to Hammond, which we mentioned. He hits Van Jefferson twice, and then he makes the pitch to P. Ryan on the touchdown. On the other touchdown drive, he made an incredible throw to Kyle Pitts with a guy right in his face, and then was just a smooth operator on that touchdown run. So credit to Kyle Trask for a guy that has never started not only in college but in high school as well to go out on the road in an SEC game in his first real true action and finish 9 of 13 for 126 yards and that touchdown run. You got to tip your hat to that. The run game, however, left a lot to be desired. I give that a D plus. The Gators just getting nothing from their running backs. So Michael P. Ryan held to 27 yards and he just had nowhere to run for most of the night. He found some space on that score, but that was really it. Damian Pierce only has two carries for eight yards, and Malik Davis doesn't even touch the ball. And I would like to see him get more carries. I know the game often dictates that. But Florida's offensive line is having some trouble opening holes, and I think a guy like Davis, with his elusiveness and shiftiness and a little bit more speed than P. Ryan, could give the Gators something else on the ground. We'll see if he gets worked into the rotation more against Tennessee. Damon doesn't seem to be too concerned about it because he's saying that defenses are committing to stopping the run, and he and his players are perfectly comfortable with dropping back and throwing the ball with all those receivers that they got. But you want to be balanced not only in the plays that you call, but the production that you have, and that's got to get better. Whereas the wide receivers, I give them another A grade for the third straight week. Those guys made a ton of plays through the air. They're still blocking well on the perimeter, and they have lived up to all the hype and expectations that they had coming into the season and have now helped these quarterbacks put together 300-yard performances in back-to-back weeks. Van Jefferson finishes with seven catches for 93 yards. We mentioned Freddie Swain's production. Trevon Grimes also has two catches for 50 yards. The tight ends, much, much better in this game. I give them a B performance. Kyle Pitts finishes with four catches for 63 yards. He made some big plays in that game against the Wildcat. 
And on the 76-yard touchdown run by Hammond, go back and look at the replay. Who creates that crease for him to shoot down the sideline? It was Kyle Pitts and Lucas Kroll that got the two key blocks on that play. That's one area of the game where the tight ends have struggled is trying to hold their blocks in the run game. They did it on that play and just overall performed much better against Kentucky. The offensive line, I gave a C grade, only one sack in this game. But you look at their inability to block in the run game and even some of their pass protection. You saw DeLance missing some blocks. He got benched at one point in the game and they moved Stone Forsyth over to right tackle and put in Richard Garage at left tackle. And that was the combination that they had on the field when Franks got hurt. Now, don't get me wrong. There's guys on that offensive line that are playing well. And there are plays where all five guys are executing their assignments. But there's just too much inconsistency and guys that are either missing their blocks or not carrying out their assignments the right way, and it's either blowing up plays or rushing passes, disrupting rhythm in the passing game, and you can't keep having that moving forward. I think some of these growing pains were to be expected because of the young group that Florida has, and maybe they're going to keep shuffling some guys around to try to get the best five on the field. Here was Mullen's post-game comments on the offensive line. You know, the sack fumble, when a guy's went the wrong way. Turned the guy free. If we block him and Felipe, you know, comes off, I'm like, hey, did you see the guy? Yeah, we were wide open. I'm that that type of deal. Uh, I think we missed a, a blitz pickup on one or two of them. Um, overall, though, I thought our protection was decent. You know, I mean, the thing was to me is, is us building off of because it's stuff we can control. Some of the pressures were missed assignments more than getting beat. You know, I think there were one or two where we had a guy get beat. You know, which in, in an SEC road game, that's, that's not half bad. So um, we can clean that up, though, a little bit. And, you know, it's attention to detail, focus. You know, that's a, that's a young group. Uh, offensive line, you know, again, you look at – you look at veteran the veteran position. You look at some of the receivers and the veteran players there and the plays they make, right? And you, you look at – we have veteran quarterbacks, and they, they don't skip a beat. They keep going. Uh, running backs and you know the O line is one of our younger positions and you know so at times they do do they look pretty good and other times you're coming really, uh, those are growing pains you go through as a team. On the defensive line, I gave that group a B. Jonathan Greener finishes with six tackles, including the sack on Sawyer Smith. You saw Kyrie Campbell get in there for a tackle for a loss, and I liked the way that T.J. Slayton played. He got penetration on that fourth and one where David Reese made the stop. He also was in on a quarterback hurry. Those guys just weren't able to get to the quarterback as often as they have in previous games. At the linebacker position, I gave that group an A-. What a performance from David Reese II. He finishes with 16 tackles, 13 solo. That's a career high for him. And remember, this is a guy who missed the Kentucky game last year when Florida lost in the Swamp to the Wildcats. There were a couple other starters who missed that game as well. Marco Wilson, C.J. Henderson. But David Reese was a big piece that was missing in that defense last season for this matchup. And he ended up being a difference maker on Saturday. He was all over the field. That dude was flying to the ball, playing like he had his hair on fire. And he came up huge to start the fourth quarter. It was that first play, the fourth and one. He gets in the backfield to make the stop with TJ Slayton. And from then on, it was all Gators. Ventro Miller also played well in the game. I saw him miss one tackle, but he finished with seven for the game, including five solo and Jeremiah Moon also had four tackles, including one for a loss. In the secondary, I gave that group a B-. Obviously, you like the performance from Sean Davis and what he was able to do with his two picks. But Florida just gave up too much in the passing game, especially on third down. Sora Smith finishes 23 of 35 for 267 yards and two touchdowns. 
One of those was an acrobatic play by the receiver. You're not going to see many guys make a catch like that. But it was really the third down conversions that were problematic. Ford allowed the Wildcats to move the chains time after time on third and long. There was one point in the game where Kentucky was 7 of 9 on third down and then completed their next one on third and eight. There was one point in the game where Kentucky was 7 of 9 on third down and then completed their next pass on third and eight to move the sticks. Now the good news is that Florida held them over 5 the rest of the way when they had to get some stops defensively, they did, including that second-to-last drive where Kentucky missed a 35-yard field goal. Dan Mullen discusses what he told his unit before they went on the field on that third down. Bruce, really proud of our guys to make the plays we needed to, even on their field goal attempt. I, mean, I went over and told them, we got to stop them here. You know, I mean, they got a young kicker. You, let's stop them. We stop them here. Third and one, you, you can't let them keep going. Okay, stop them here, get us the ball, so we still have a time to win, and they, and we did. We made, you know, we were we weren't very good on third. You know, we did a lot of bad, poor things poorly. We were really bad on third down all night long on defense until we needed to be good, and we found a way to be good at the end. When we come back from this final break, we'll bring you some more post game comments from Dan Mullen. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime, and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back into the show. Now, obviously, what everyone was talking about on Saturday night was the performance from Kyle Trask and the injury to Felipe Franks. We will hear more from Dan Mullen on Monday about how the Gators move forward from here. He did say after the Kentucky game that Florida plans to play both Trask and Emory Jones moving forward at the quarterback position. But he had a lot of praise for Trask after the game and credited him for the decisions that he's made in his college career. Could have easily transferred somewhere else when he didn't win the job over Felipe Franks, not just last year, but in 2017 as well. And then this past summer, he graduated and could have went somewhere and played immediately as a grad transfer. But he chose not to do that. He wanted to stay at Florida. He wanted to be a Gator. And he wanted to keep working for an opportunity to one day get a shot to start. That happened on Saturday in Lexington, and he made the most of it. Here's what Dan Mullen had to say after the game about Trask's performance and also the scene on the field when Felipe Franks was injured and the whole team came out. Here's what Mullen had to say about that moment. You know, I went out there, and, and I was with him. You know, told him we all loved him, and, you know, we're there for him, and, you know, I mean, it'll be all right. You know, and then I think the team, you know, it shows, shows what he means to the team and what the team thinks of him. You know, as a leader of the team and the type of guy he is, uh, how hard he works uh, to go do that. And, you know, shows a lot about him and what the team thinks. It really, to me, shows what our team, the respect that they have for his leadership and uh, and the love that they have for him. You know, it's a pretty close team. And these guys work hard for these things. And, you know, uh, it's just a tragedy when that happens. I mean, I told both of them as soon as – like, you got – I know everybody gets into it, and I've always said from day one, we, we want to have three starting quarterbacks because you never know how things are going to shape out, right? I think we do. I think our guys prepare ourselves to have three starters. Uh, even coming out of halftime, I'm like, hey, um, Emory, get ready because we had a little package I was going to get him in for. And when Felipe went down, I called both of them. I said, okay, we're going to roll you guys through right now because I kind of had that package. Uh, you know, we're having so much success throwing the ball, and – you know, I know Emory's got such a great – I mean, does have great arm talent. Kyle's just been in some of those situations before. You know, when, especially when – you know, at that point when you're kind of more in a drop back. You know what I mean? I mean, Emory makes you a little nervous because of the run play action and all that stuff he can bring to the table. Uh, a little more drop back role. And Kyle was kind of hot, so he just kind of 
stuck with it. I had a couple things still for Emory to get him in, and we just kind of stuck with it with Kyle right there, and he was rolling. So, uh, But moving forward, you know, I mean, honestly, we're going to play both guys moving forward. In, in today's college football world, everyone wants to jump, jump the gun. You know, Kyle never – I said, Kyle, hey, if you're not the guy, where's your situation? He said, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, okay, you're graduating. What's the situation? I'm here. I'm ready, ready to learn, ready to go to grad school. Love being a Gator. You know, I'm going to work my tail off and compete. Oh, I've never heard a peep from any of our quarterbacks. All I hear from them is, let's get ready for when my number's called to go make the play. Uh, you don't know when that's going to be. Uh, can't tell you how hard it is to do what Kyle did. Not, not when he got on the field. You know, we, we've seen that. To prepare yourself. You know, I mean, if you're a backup wide receiver, you're going to play 30 plays in a game. I mean, if you're on the D-line, you're going to rotate and play. Backup running backs, we roll those guys through. You're in Kyle's position, you know. There's, you're like, hey, I got to prepare. I got to prepare. I got to be ready for every moment and everything they're going to do and then not play. And then I got to do that again next week. That's really hard to do. And I, I think people, it, it, it's, it's a tribute to him of his mental toughness, his preparedness, and his being ready for that opportunity. That'll do it for this edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we recapped our five keys to the game, graded Florida's performance over Kentucky, and brought you some post-game comments from Dan Mullen. On tomorrow's show, we'll continue to review Florida's win over Kentucky, bring you some more comments from Mullen on Monday, as well as what new starting quarterback Kyle Trask had to say when he took the podium. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.